0: Another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin. And we have reached the end of our Rankings 2.0 series. Somehow, five weeks worth of ranking the 2024 rookie class, Colin. It's been a journey, and we're going to end it today with three position groups because this is the idp episode
1: yeah it the rankings episode they came and went like it's crazy that we've made it to the end of them and i'm very excited about this idp class some news that has happened over the last week uh pertaining to this 2024 class is travion going back to school and then the 2025 class is also uh, Quinshawn Judkins is transferring to Ohio State. So they're sharing a backfield next year. So 2025 class has those two guys in it, both at Ohio State. Uh, also, Mac Agbuka is going back to Ohio State, which affects this 2024 class. So a lot of stuff, a lot of news, uh, just quick thoughts.
0: It's been a busy week. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. The, since the last time we talked, all of that has happened. We have a national champion in college football. Right. And we get the Wolverine declaring, like JJ McCart- McCarthy's in. Look out! And Blake Corum. Blake Corum is in. Donovan but, Edwards back to school. Which I love that. Yep. Love yep. Donovan Edwards going back. Um, Travion going back. I I don't understand it at all. I don't uh, get it. I my belief is that NIL is going to radically change running backs in terms of the draft because we already saw a top name like Blake Corum do this last year come back to school, you know, why would you do that? Well, Travion deciding to do that, well, arguably the best running back in the country is coming to town to, you know, share a backfield with him. So I'm not entirely sure what the rationale was from his side. You know, maybe there is an emotional side of this that we cannot comprehend, but um, I mean, I, I feel like it's just a money thing. And it's kind of smart when you think about what's happening with running back in the NFL. So I hope it works out for Travion 2025 running back class looking <laughs> Uh, looking pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: It's going to not be like this year. We can yeah, say that
0: yep. So if you needed a running back this year, maybe, you know, do a little shifting around of some assets and get yourself into that 2025 group. But, uh, the other, the other, uh, name that you mentioned, Mecca, I, I do love that he is going back. I think it's a really smart move for him to do that because, I really think that he, and we talked about this on wide receivers, it was like he's pushed all the way down to like seven at this point in our rankings. He's an extremely talented wide receiver. It was by no fault of his own, really, that this happens. He just so happens to, you know, we have a lot of talented guys, perhaps higher ceiling guys that push up their way ahead of him in this class, especially when you're not seeing the player at his full ability this year with the injuries and all of that going on with ohio state so i love that he's going back and i love that we're going to get to talk about him again next year and i fully expect he's going to come in as easily one of the top wide receivers in the class and i don't expect it to change much so i did love that decision even though i will i will miss uh you know the year without a mecca in the nfl
1: yeah me too i I liked it a lot for Igbuka. I mean, a disappointing season kind of all around when you take in all the factors for him. So, uh, And then the the Travion – after the Judkins news, because that came first that he was transferring yeah. to Ohio State. Yep. It was like, okay, this is because <laughs> Travion yeah. is going to be declaring. And yeah. then Travion says he's coming back. And I'm like, oh, all right, this is not what I expected. But, I mean, it'll be a fun team next year. I, I think – a lot of it has to do with the Michigan-Ohio State thing, too. I mean, I think these guys that go to Ohio State just really want to beat Michigan. And I think that plays a part in it. So, uh, all that being said, we yeah. got IDPs to chat about.
0: Well, the segue here is that a couple edge rushers from Ohio State also decided That's, to go back you're right. to school. So, a few, a few less names in the D-line spots, maybe, but uh spoiler it's It's still a pretty good group yeah it's okay (laughs) yeah it's all right so we're going to talk about d-line linebacker and db uh disclaimer before we start the discussion in you know in the spirit of full transparency at this point in the process we don't have access to all 22 for IDP like we do for all of the skill groups. I mean, for the last four weeks, these film grinds, it's all 22. It's four games a piece. Like for this, we're working with what we got. And a yep. lot of that is, you know, here's one tape maybe on YouTube. And then I'm going to try to find like a condensed game or like a Michigan defense versus so-and-so type of deal. So. Yeah. It's not a perfect science at this point in time, but that is also okay because we know that IDP is a is a position group as a whole that is very much affected post-NFL draft. These guys – and post-combine too in a lot of cases. There's a very long road yet ahead for these IDP players, but I think from guys that we talked about during the year – Watching the games, and then at this point in time, revisiting some of those players. I think I have a pretty good grasp on where we are right now. And so I'm excited to talk about uh, these players.
1: Yeah. So, something that if you're trying to do this and you're trying to dig through, find IDP, you know, scout them, Mm -hmm. is just try to find all 22 of like a quarterback and find them playing against like if you look at Jaden Daniels against Florida State like that's you can see a good amount of Jared Verse doing that you know that that's my suggestion that's kind of how I go and then what just find what you can find outside yep.
0: of that yep exactly so let's kick it off we're going to start with D-line and Our scoring settings will be posted in the description. Obviously, that comes into play here quite a bit. So the way that we operate, if you're unfamiliar with how we do things with IDP, D-line stars are prioritized. And so typically in these classes, it ends up with tier one edge players are the cream of the crop when you think about the holistic IDP class. But starting just with D line, doing a top three, give me your th- number three D lineman in this class.
1: My number three D lineman is not an edge player. I'll start wow. with that. Okay. I got Jerzon Oof. as my number three D lineman. I love it. And it was close because like you said, the edge class is good this year. Like we, we have a we have a solid IDP class in general. Yeah. We've kind of been uh, last year, it wasn't great. You know, we had Will. We had, you know, there was a couple names. But it. I feel like this year, we have a pretty solid crop of guys. And leaving some people out is because Jerzon Newton is a dog. Like, he, inside IDL, seven and a half sacks this year. He is a mauler on the inside. He moves people. And... So this is the the big discussion is like, where do you draft IDL? Do you draft IDL? What do you think about it? I I'm all in on IDL pass rushers because I think that that is a a position that is of value in the NFL right now. I think it's rising in value, and I think Jerzon Newton can completely like change the inside of a defense with the way he plays I, this is a you know six two to a 300 pound player he's a, a junior out of illinois and i mean he has a few pass rush moves that that he can go to where he will i mean just decimate guards and centers like these guys stand no chance against him so uh I, I'm curious what you think about Jerzon. Uh from your reaction, I'm guessing you don't have them top three, but that's okay.
0: No, I don't. And that is really a product of how I view the top of this edge group. I think I have three edge rushers that I think are very, very good players. And Jerzon Newton, aka Johnny Newton, you might hear that. Um He's right outside of that group for me in terms of overall talent and ability at this, you know, within this position group as a whole. He's one of my favorite players generally in the NFL draft class. I mean, this is, like you said, an absolute disruptive presence from the interior on the defensive line. And we got a little bit of a taste of this. Last year, with and in a different sense, with a generational sort of interior rusher. At least that's what I thought about him with Jalen Carter. And I backed up a little bit late in the process on Carter, and I kicked myself about it to this day because I feel like there is this stigma with interior rushers. Even now, when we see guys fantasy relevant at this position. And I mean, obviously the benchmark is Aaron Donald and then everything cascades down from that. But I think by this point in time, I just have to recognize, and we collectively have to recognize that interior rushers are real fantasy assets, especially guys that can put up double digit sacks. Uh, And I think Johnny Newton has that sort of potential in the NFL. I really do. I know he's a little bit undersized, doesn't show up in terms of his strength and his ability as a pass rusher so i have limited questions about that you know translating to the nfl level but he he's a dog like you said and he's a very fun player to watch
1: yeah it, i i mentioned the, like he's got some pat like the, the the chop move that he has where he just like boom, you're not touching me anymore. And then he's like discards that interior lineman. He's just, it's him alone in the middle of the offensive line. It's like, what is number four doing here? <laughs> what are we doing? Like, and so, and the undersized thing, I i do like, it's there. And I think it helps him more than it hurts him because you see him chasing down plays a fair amount and like two or three of his sacks, I think like two and a half of them came from him running down a quarterback that's like rolling out. And a bigger guy, you you might not see him, you know, get through, punch through the interior line and then also go chase down the quarterback. And I think that has a decent amount of value. And then the other thing that I, I really like about him is that if you score past deflections, he gets his hands in passing lanes a lot. And he even had a, a field goal block this season because of that skill. I mean, he gets up into the lanes. He knows where to be. And, I mean, he's just a disruptive player.
0: Yeah, I uh- we gave him a badge this year that wisconsin game that's some of the best tape from any defensive player all season he was unstoppable against the badgers and got ejected at the beginning of the fourth quarter still had six pressures two sacks like just crazy but yeah very fun player so all right my number three d lineman in this class is dallas turner do you have him higher?
1: I don't. Really? He got, he got left out.
0: Okay. So that this is another one of those where it's like it's going to go one of two ways. Because some folks, I it's like Dallas Turner f- almost feels like he's sort of claiming the edge one right now. At least that's the sense that I'm getting. Right. And it makes sense. Because when we talked about Dallas Turner in the summer, a lot of it was – I need to see this. Like, you could see the promise. You could see the potential. You could see the athlete and and a player that loved to go to strength moves. He loved the bull rush. He loved the long arm. We needed to see a more complete rusher out of him, and especially a player that's this level of an athlete. If you can add a little bit of technique to go with your athleticism, you're you got the recipe to be a real star and i think that is in a lot of cases what we saw from dallas turner this year i mean even just simply looking at production numbers up to 11 sacks this year career high um 55 total pressures that was like 18 more than last year i mean He was more disruptive. He was more of a playmaker at that position. You see him making big plays against the run even. I mean, very good season, all things considered. And it elevated Turner for me to a a pretty high defensive, a, a, a pretty high edge grade in terms of the NFL. Why he comes in at number three for me is that I still don't see as much refinement From the technical side that I was hoping for and there are two players ahead of him right now that yes they're both older players but they show you a lot more right now that says I know how to win at the NFL level from day one Turner I don't feel that way about that's not to say that he can't get there and that's not even to say that he can't become the best edge player in this class but there's a little bit more projection here. And when you have guys as talented as the two ahead of him, in my opinion, I put him here at number three for right now.
1: Yeah, I have him at number four. So, like, he, he's just outside. And the the reason that I, I got him at four is because I, I feel like my other three guys could – plug and play in any NFL defense day one and make a huge difference. And the thing about Dallas Turner is he absolutely could do that, but I just have a couple more questions with him. Yeah, Like I I feel like he has made that improvement, like you talked about from last year to this year, where it's less, you know, let me be an athlete, go get the quarterback. And there is some more nuance and there's some more technique there. Uh, Something that I noticed this year is – It's really easy when you're as athletic as Turner to bend the edge over and over again and and use that power move and, like, take the outside of the tackle and try to beat him with, you know, you're just out-athlete that tackle. What What I saw a lot from Turner, a few more times at least with Turner this year, is him setting up that outside move and then getting to the inside of that tackle, and that helped a lot in his pass defense and then also in his run defense you see a few times where he you know gives him that outside look and then shoots in and then has that inside track on the running back and I I feel like that's something that helped him a ton so this is a player with a lot of potential uh, athletically gifted and I could see a track where he becomes a superstar but he also I mean he can get handled like the it's I've seen it a few times where he's just getting stonewalled in games
0: and it's like I mean this happens like Well and a big reason for that I, at least from what I've seen is one thing we talked about in the summer was developing counter moves and you touched on it with you know developing a little bit of that inside move to counter you know the outside that was the promising part of this year it still needs a, it still needs yeah. work Yep. And you know, especially that inside move. He he tried the he tries the inside move to varying degrees of effectiveness right now. But the yes. good news is that he's trying it. He's diversifying his repertoire right now. I'd still like to see him work in a few more counters because there were way too many reps for a player of this caliber, for a player of this skill level way too many reps of him stalling out against tackles that it's like, yep. if he goes to the bull rush and the tackle has leverage and that is shut down, he's just out of the play at that point. And so I think he's a very, very good edge player. I don't. And and I want to preface this also. I don't think there's a Will Anderson edge player in this class. There is no like elite tier edge rush prospect but there are three excellent ones in my opinion, and this is one of them.
1: Yep. And uh, another thing, it's he—he he doesn't just—he doesn't get a ton of tackles, which I don't love. That—that that was the other note that I had is like he had fifty-three total tackles, which is not bad. But I just—I feel like I—that you, sets your floor as a player like sacks are the splash plays that set your ceiling but the tackles are when you don't get that sack in a game when you're getting double teamed stuff like that if you're you know the number one edge threat on a team and they're like revolving a game plan around you and if Dallas Turner is going to be you know a top 15 NFL draft pick and he's going to be that kind of guy then you're absolutely going to get game plan around you got to be able to get those tackles and he was better in the run game just need to keep seeing him make those steps i'd say
0: yep 100 percent number two for you in this class number two is jared verse
1: here we are is he your number one he is okay do you wanna the, the, we can talk you, about him let's we'll i'm assuming
0: it. i'm i'm gonna wager that we're f- having a flip-flop situation here but i might be wrong yeah, who knows?
1: There's a lot of defensive players out there.
0: That's true. So, all right. We'll talk about him, though. Okay. So,
1: Jared Verse is, I mean, a well-rounded player. This is a, a good pass rusher that got better from last year to this year, despite what the box score might tell you. Uh, last year, he was, you know, the 47 tackles, 9 sacks. This year, 41 and 9. It's pretty similar. Uh, but this year, he just seems like a more refined, more under-control player. Uh, he's got three moves that seem like they work every time. I mean, he's got the bull rush, which is absurd. I mean, the, the things that he does to tackles probably are, like, finable offenses. Like, it's sickening. And then he's got... The speed chop to the outside and the swim move where he you know he'll he'll beat you with the bull rush and then you kinda get on your heels and then he goes by you, and that's what we're talking about with the counter moves. It's like he's got him. So verse he's a strong player, his get off is excellent. I mean, so there's times where it looks like he's going before the ball is snapped, but it's simultaneous and then uh, he finishes place too so i i mean i love watching verse and i'm i'm excited to hear what you have to say about him as you're, you're at number 1 dl yeah
0: i mean we i we see him very similarly and that goes back even to the summer when we were you know in the same boat that he was the number 1 guy and i mean my number 2 player like gave him a run and that's just uh, the reason that he's still at number one is just because I think he is a very high floor edge player at the NFL level with plenty of upside left in in his profile. I mean, like for perspective, a guy like Dallas Turner is going to be 21, like newly 21 when he's drafted and verse is going to be. Uh, 23 and a half so Dallas Turner might be like a high end NFL edge rusher by the time he is the age that verse is now so that's the argument for Turner but in my opinion verse is just the way that he converts speed to power is so spectacular like his strength on that bull rush when it's one step two step my hands are on you half these tackles have no idea what to do like and, and they can't do anything there is no like i'm gonna throw my hands i'm gonna try to set my base no they can't set the base because they're literally already in the air that is the level of speed to power that he is generating and You know, is that going to be a common case in the NFL? Is he going to ragdoll NFL left tackles consistently? No. But he, he absolutely has the strength to play day one against NFL level tackles, like unquestionably. And he also has a little bit of a bag as a pass rusher already. This is not a like raw power athlete player like this is a real pass rusher already and one that has shown for two years that he can do it at a, an elite level in college football who's, who's i think guy, he
1: who's the guy from last year that went number nine to the raiders
0: tyree wilson went number yeah. seven
1: this is not tyree wilson
0: well and that's the that's the next point i was actually going to bring up is like he could have just came out last year <laughs> like true he could have we, I'm talking about like he's gonna be 23 and a half and whatever he's an old man already. Like if he's if he's 22 years old, he's already a good NFL player at this point. I mean Tyree Wilson, we we know about Tyree Wilson. Like we were both a little skeptical. Still like the ceiling long term. Like we're not gonna make judgments after one year. But Jared Verse is a better NFL player at this point in time. If he's in the league, then Tyree Wilson is right now. So. It's a little confusing as to why he would come back in the first place, but I'm not gonna let that like deter me. I I two two years now of this, and there was a little bit of question this earlier this year where it was like, where did Jared Verse go? Like, what the numbers aren't here, and then you start to worry like, you know, what's going on here? He, the way that he finished the season left nothing in question anymore. I mean. PFF credits him with back-to-back three-sack games to end the year. He was a game wrecker against Louisville with the season on the line. I mean, he gets up for big moments, and I feel very confident that he will be at least, at least a good NFL edge rusher with potential to be elite.
1: Yeah, I I think that he is absolutely, uh, I mean, going to be a good player. I think that he has the, the skill and the motor and the athleticism to put up numbers one way or the other. I, I think it's funny how much like the final stat line impacts how people right. feel about players. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like all year we're like, yeah, no, we're on the Jared Verse train. You know, I made the joke at one point, I was like, Oh, where's Jared Verse? You know, we're not gonna <laughs> Uh, we'll see, but at the end of the day, it's like you can tell he's out here making an impact. And then at the end of the year, it's like, oh, well, he had like the same years last year. That's pretty good, you know, but.
0: Right, exactly. And I, I mean, a lot of that production came at the end of the year. Well, what was he doing the rest of the way? I mean, and he ends the year with a 21 and percent win rate as a pass rusher. That was third in all of college football. He was a disruptive rusher for most of this season. The production started to come towards the end, tied it up with a nice little bow. We don't have to talk about it. Oh, can he, you know, can he finish sacks? Like that narrative is gone. He put up a great year and uh great player. Yep. Still love him. Number 2 Who's for me. Two? We're going to find out. <laughs> If this is your number one, Leatu Latu.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. All right. Okay. I feel it's, better now. <laughs> and this is such an interesting group of players like Dallas Turner, Jared Verse, Leatu Latu. Very different players across the board with different profiles, different athletic traits. I mean, like, it's, and I have them all grouped fairly tightly. Like, there is no like tier separation for me. I have all three of these players on one tier. This is my tier one of the edge group. And Latu is the technician of this group. I mean, there will be questions potentially that pop up like post combine when guys like verse and especially Turner like test out of this world. And suddenly it'll be like, yep, run away. You know, these are the guys, but if Latu is even, like, in the ballpark in terms of the testing stuff, his technique as a pass rusher is shocking. Like, it's it's amazing to watch him go to work. The way he uses his hands as a rusher is special. I mean, it is truly special to watch. And it ends up this season with, you know, 15 sacks, 25% pass rush win rate, which leads all of college football, 64 total pressures. I mean, it feels like every time this guy is on the field, it's like the defense is terrified of him. Like double teams, running backs coming in to help. And half the time, it doesn't matter. He's just too good and too technical at this position where... I don't really care that he's not the level of an athlete as these other guys. I I think he is going to. It's it's going to translate for sure.
1: Yeah. Um. So I have Latu, lot to, like, a decent amount like higher way than yeah. I have verse because I I mean, this is uh Im- an impressive player for me. Yep. Like he would be my my edge one NFL edge one fantasy like i think this should be who the the teams are like
0: trading up for to get early in this draft so where like i go let's go back to a comment that i made then Okay, about will anderson yeah in relation to a player like will anderson how close are we i mean it's it's not quite there like will will was pretty special
1: you yeah know? but i i think that like he should be going in that you know top five, top five top eight range like he's so like you said he's a technician there there's the hands he's got all kinds of pass rush moves he's got you know the stab that like reggie white basically invented and perfected Latu uses that and ragdolls people with that. He's got the handshuck. He's got the rip. I mean, he goes inside and out, and he's effective in both spots because of his size. He's 6'5", 265 pounds. So he can, I mean, win at both in pass rush situations and rush situations, um, he has active hands in the pass game too. He gets his hands up in passing passing lanes. He had two really nice interceptions that he went over his head to catch for both of them, which, I mean, not a lot of defense linemen are doing. That's that's a batted ball for a lot of guys, and he's going up and plucking it out of the air. And the thing I I I mean. I, the motor is really good. He's chasing down plays. He's working through the entire play. You don't you don't see him like give up on plays very often. Uh, but my favorite thing is the patience. I mean, the patience on the the back side of plays, especially where he's setting the edge on like a cutback lane, or you know, just waiting for something to happen. If he doesn't get that pass rush win. And then he sits and there there was one interception on a screen pass where, you know, you get that free rush and you're like, oh, I'm going. And a lot of these, you know, they got their their mindset on I'm sacking the quarterback. And you get through and it's like, wait. And then he sits back, jumps up and plucks it, and then returns it. And it's like he just seems like he's got the the iq to go with the pass rush moves and i think he's like gonna surprise people at the combine like i I see some things that are gonna translate to a a nice combine day now he's not dallas turner chop robinson jared verse level athletes but i mean those guys are like freakish athletes so I, i don't think he needs to be
0: yeah. No, hundred percent. Like I, in no way is this like a, you know, he's not an athlete. He's a technician, you know, low, low ceiling. Like, no, I, I don't see that at all. I think he's an adequate athlete where these guys are like exceptional athletes. And the other thing is the medical stuff because it's going to come into play. Absolutely. Like he was medically retired from the game of football he started his college career at washington he had to medically retire due to a neck injury back injury something in that scary area injury yeah so (laughs) medically retires due to a neck injury ucla is the one program that will clear him to play football again And he gets cleared, comes to UCLA last year, has 12 sacks, 65 pressures, becomes one of the best edge players in college football, and then just runs it back and does that again at an even higher level this season. I mean, it's one of the best stories in this entire draft class, and I don't know how it will affect him on NFL draft day, but that is one thing that is working against him obviously that these other players don't have but i'm with you man i he was a treat to watch the uc the usc tape from latu is <laughs> like silly. if you want to just watch a pass rusher like and just have fun like sometimes it's like okay we're going to win a few reps here we're going to play against the run here like Watch a game where an edge rusher has their way on pretty much every single snap. Watch Latu against USC. That's what he was doing in that game.
1: Yep. I mean, that's that, that was one of them. Uh, I can't think of the other game that was like, oh, my God. Uh, but also, UCLA has some absurd jersey combinations. Like <laughs> – talk about look good feel good play good we talked about ucla a lot with charbonnet last year but also this year it's like i can't now now i want to know what game it was because they were wearing some jerseys that i was like i didn't even i don't even remember these existing but these (laughs) might be my favorite jerseys i've ever seen it's like the gold top it's light blue just white numbers i mean sick jerseys but um that's that's going to be the thing that Holds Latu back, I think, in the draft process. Like, would I select him if I was like a GM and I was doing my due diligence in the NFL? Would I trade up at, and take him at number five when I could have like Jared Verse, who has clear medicals and like two years of good production, and you know whatever? You know, there's a question there, but I, I mean, when you're we're talking about you know, talent and tape alone these last two years that he's put together and this year especially had just
0: blew me away. Yep. I love that. So, all right. We got a good group of D linemen. Linebackers. What did you – before we get started (laughs) – What did you think about this group of linebackers? Uh,
1: I have one that I love, and three other ones that I like. How about you?
0: I have two that I really like. I won't say love. Two that I really like. What and that? I don't. Let's talk (laughs) about it. Let's just talk about it. Yeah, let's do it. So last year, if you listen to Camp Dynasty, you know that the linebacker class was a little strange and I think this class is kind of similar in the sense that I don't think there's like a tier one guy here at least for in my opinion but yeah. we'll get into that I'll start with number three Edger and Cooper from Texas A&M he's is he on three. your list he's not using your number three he is okay so Cooper is a player that I'm not really sold on. Like, I think he's starting to, he, he had a phenomenal year this year. Let's just put that out there. It was a breakout senior season for Edger and Cooper at Texas A&M. And that puts him on the map where this is not a player that we were talking about before the year when we talked about linebackers in this class. Suddenly, here's a name that is like linebacker one in a lot of instances right now. I don't see that, but I understand why it's happening. Because I think when you look at, at Cooper's game, 6'3", 230. I think he just represents the best like upside pathway. When you when you see a player like this, and I mean he stands out on this D. Like it's not hard to find forty five on Texas A and M. He's a big dude playing this position, and two thirty. I think you put a little more mass onto this frame, even that might eliminate some of the problems that I have with Cooper at least one of them which is that he's not a crazy tackler like I he can lay it and he can get into space and he can be athletic in a straight line and get to the ball carrier but I didn't see it consistently enough For a player of this size and athleticism, a player that was wrapping and finishing plays time and time again. And that is just something that is like exacerbated at a fantasy level where I'm prioritizing guys that might not be linebacker one in the NFL. Sometimes like these guys that I'm looking for might be those like late day two guys that are, quote unquote, low upside players, but they're just great tacklers have great instincts i think Cooper's more of a project player right now that had a really really good season something encouraging that says he can and is developing at this position but i don't see him as that finished product and that no doubt linebacker one at this point
1: wrap up young man <laughs> <laughs> i like how you said it better than me golly <laughs> That's how I felt watching Edger and Cooper's <laughs> tape the whole time. I'm like, all right, I love it. I love that you're, you know, laying the hit stick, but every once in a while, man, we just got to wrap up because we're missing tackles because you're going for the highlight and the highlights are awesome with, with Cooper. And, you know, you, you watch the highlight tape and it's like, Hey, here he is. You know, that's that's LB one. And the the thing that jumped out to me when I was, you know, scrolling through and I'm like, what's going on? You know, who are who are the linebackers to watch? And I'm like, oh, Cooper, eight sacks. Hello. What's going on here? All right. I'm gonna complain about how he's used with this AM team. Because why the hell is he spying this much? I understand you have an athletic linebacker that's instinctual, that can chase down a quarterback, but good gravy, like. We don't need to be spying this much. Because he's doing it a lot. Like, there are multiple games where he is solely... Like, obviously not only QB spying, but it's a lot. And that's why he has eight sacks. Because, you know, the the quarterback gets out of the pocket and he goes. And this is an athletic player. And he is chasing down, closing, and wrapping up these quarterbacks. And so, I don't love that kind of usage because... It either tells me that your uh, your coaches don't trust your coverage instincts, or they you know see you as like a, a shoot out of a cannon kind of player, which he we I think we both feel like he is. Yes, like he's uh, go get him, and maybe that's what he is, and that's why he lands at my linebacker three spot because it feels like he's uh, almost like. Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa feels like a, a fair kind of player to liken him to, because like is JOK a good player? Yes, he is, but there are some flaws there because he, I mean, sees something and the trigger is pulled, and there's no unpulling that trigger, and that's kind of how it feels with Cooper.
0: Yeah, I totally agree, and I think that's a big thing that that holds me back, where I can. I can completely understand in this sort of a linebacker class where you would prioritize a very traitsy player that showed you something this year that, you know, has an eight sack year. Like let's it I get it. But I agree with a lot of the things you're saying. And it's what it what prevents him from rising ahead of the two guys that I have above him. I think coverage is still a question mark for me. I mean, he had a 59.7 coverage grade according to PFF last season, and he elevated that to an 85.5 this year. And I didn't see a player that was necessarily like a slam dunk in coverage right now. So I don't know how the grade, like we we know at this point about PFF grades taken with a – very large take him with a whole salt shaker honestly (laughs) like I don't but they apparently believe that he made significant strides in coverage this year and I will I will trust that he did I didn't watch like his 2022 film in preparation I'll trust that he got better at it I'm just saying I don't think he's an 85 graded coverage linebacker right now I don't think he's like a stud in, in coverage right now, I think he's a little bit more raw in a lot of areas of his game than honestly a player at this experience level should be. I mean, he's a senior; he's going to be 22 years old when he's drafted. I don't like how traitsy he feels right now at this point. But again, here here's my dynasty brain saying 22 years old, put him in the grave. You know, like there's development here. There's a path where he becomes something. But uh, right now. The two players I have ahead of him, I feel a lot more comfortable about them in an IDP format than Cooper.
1: Yeah, I'm doing some math here because I don't understand how this comes out to an 85 and a half when he only graded <laughs> over 85 once all season in coverage. So I'm just averaging this out real quick to to see how the hell they get to an 85 coverage grade for the season when the guy like seems like he averages about 70 all year. I mean, I don't get it. That's why I don't talk about it. This seems fraudulent to me.
0: We use PFF because it's nice to have stats to pull from, like pass rush win rate and stops and all of these numbers. The grades, I don't know about them. And we're getting a 67 average. That's the average.
1: How did we get to 85 PFF? I just did uh, like, what are we, 67.1 is what he actually graded on the season, which feels more accurate.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so, yeah, whatever, all right. man. Anyway. Okay, PFF grades PFF. aside. <laughs> <laughs> so, number three players out of the way. I'll let you take it away for number two.
1: Number two is Peyton Wilson out of NC State. Same. All right. I think we're going to be lockstep here, I top three. I think we are. <laughs> all right. Uh, Peyton Wilson is a tackle machine that that is where he becomes my number two and threatened to become my number one for a little while uh so he had 138 total tackles that's 69 solo 69 assisted very nice he had six sacks he had i mean he's just a playmaker all over the field he has a nose for the football he's instinctual and the kid just like once he gets his hands on you it's over. The play's done. Like that is what is beautiful about a player like this. He has the size. He has the the instinct, the speed. Like he's not a, a you know, g- generational athlete. I'll say that he's, you know, does good enough. And I mean, he's a playmaker like that. That's all there really is to it. And I think that he's just going to be a tackle guy in the NFL for a while.
0: And I honestly, I I think he can be more than that too. I think he's a, I think he's a playmaker is what he is. He has that playmaker quality about him and he is like, this is a Feldman's freak guy. This is an athlete playing this position. Like he, and it shows up, I mean, he's listed 238, does he look 238 to you?
1: He doesn't look 238 to
0: me. He looks smaller. Yeah. So He also
1: doesn't look 6'4 to me.
0: <laughs> right. So, you know, we'll find out measurements, what it really looks like with this player. He does look a little smaller, probably around that 230 range, which, I mean... Is fine these days. <laughs> Cooper's 230. Another player we're probably going to talk about soon is 230. Like, these are not... It, it's not the same thing anymore so he's got traits he's he puts it on film an an ability to just be a heat-seeking missile to the ball wherever the ball is look for 11 because the the chances are it's he's going to be right there and that's the kind of player that i just love from an idp perspective i mean this could be lb3 lb4 lb5 i mean there's medical question marks with him as well so who knows what the nfl does with him he's just a player that i want on my fantasy football team as a as an idp player he is that sort of player where i want him because when he hits he will be that sort of difference making linebacker i go back to a player and i believe i've said this before he's 15 pounds lighter, but he has the same last name. It's Logan Wilson. You know, like Logan Wilson's 245. He's a big guy in the middle. Great instincts in coverage. I don't think Peyton Wilson is as elite as Logan Wilson was in coverage at this point in time, but I think he's very good in coverage. Very good. And and he had three interceptions this year. That goes along with this instinctual and fast linebacker play that he has as a tackler and a player that can blitz as well with, with the level of athlete that he is. I mean, they sent him off the edge a decent amount. I mean, he was doing like rip moves and stuff off the edge for them. I mean, I don't think he's, they're going to be playing him off the edge in the NFL, but a gap blitzing with a player like this. I mean, it's, he's a chess piece. He's a dynamic playmaker. And, from the middle of the defense. And like I said, just a guy that I want on my fantasy team.
1: Yep. Me too. I mean, I, I say he's a, a tackle guy, not as a knock on the oh, player, yeah, no. yep. but because I think he could be like a hundred plus tackle player in the yep. NFL. And like, I think he'll be leading his team in tackles. And then also like that sets your floor. And I think that's all you can really ask for when you're drafting IDP guys is, like, where is he going to be on a game-to-game basis? Because you don't want to – when you're looking at, you know, that linebacker spot, you're, you don't want to be plugging in a boom-bust player, in my opinion. I mean, you want the guy that's going to get you that 10, 15 points, and, you know, then if they get the sack or they get the pick, whatever – it's gravy. It's all bonus. You don't want the guy that's like, you know, four tackles, you get six points one week, and then you get the 19 the next week. Like, that. that's not what I'm looking for out of a linebacker. That's what I want my DL position for. And I think Peyton Wilson gives you that high floor of, you know, ranging around that 8 to 10 tackle range every game, which is what he did in his last college season. He also... Grades at a 90.4 coverage grade from PFF. What's the real grade? 69. That's what he actually <laughs> averaged at. So Yeah. Uh, PFF propaganda, whatever, uh, that aside, he was solid in coverage. So I, I I don't know about the Logan Wilson comp, but that's because I haven't watched a ton of Logan it's, Wilson.
0: It's not a. I and this is the dangerous game that we play. It's not a comp. I don't oh. want anybody to think I'm making a comp. I just there's parallels from a, a player that when I was watching Logan Wilson, he was he was the kind of guy that I said, I want him on my fantasy team. Right. I want him. The coverage instincts, the the range as a tackler, I just want this guy on my team. He's a third-round pick. He's like linebacker three or four that year. And it's like he be, he becomes one of the players from that class. Sometimes it's just that simple right. find guys that are playmakers Ivan at this Pace position
1: last year is a good example of epitome a epitome of it we bang the table for he's undersized whatever and he just is a good player got a ton of tackles could do everything and then he sees the field as a rookie and gets stuff done and yep. like <laughs> it ends up being a starting middle linebacker no matter like no matter the circumstances whatever happened doesn't matter he makes plays and i feel like peyton wilson similar i mean i think he's i mean he's not undersized so i don't think that's going to happen to him where he's going to go undrafted whatever but uh absolutely is going to be a game a game changer a playmaker in the nfl
0: yep and a lot of what we just talked about with wilson i think can apply to our number one player Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Sticks at number one for for me and for you at linebacker. This is a player that I feel like really kind of embodies the conversation that we just had where is he going to be the best tester? No. Is he the biggest linebacker? Is he the most prototypical linebacker size player? No. What he is is instinctual rangy great in coverage and shows you that ability to take matters into his own hands and make plays that can single-handedly change games i go back to that notre dame game when we gave him a badge here watching back that film this is a player that just takes over the game from the middle of the defense and so I know that the, you know, NFL draft community hasn't really like fallen for this player because he's undersized, because he has some strength limitations that are absolutely real. I just see a good linebacker and I think in a class like this that is a priority and for fantasy It absolutely is my number one priority. This is, and and that's not to discredit Peyton Wilson either, because to go back to what you said earlier, Peyton Wilson and Jeremiah charter junior are very close for me. Like they are very close, but Trotter is just a player that I think is he gets the edge because of his instincts. I think he is just Peyton is a little bit more of that, you know, I am an athlete, I'm going to get downhill or side-to-side side like a heat-seeking missile. Trotter is way more calculated than that, and I think sometimes that works in his favor.
1: Okay, so we talk about being undersized as a linebacker. So here we go. Fred Warner. How much, is, how much do you think Fred Warner weighs? 235? 230. Quincy Williams, all pro this year. How much do you think he weighs?
0: 235.
1: 225. <laughs> Zaire Franklin, tackle machine, most tackles in the NFL. How much does he weigh? 230.
0: 235.
1: Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Where I mean, we're sitting right in the range. You, Roquan Smith, you know, maybe the best linebacker in football with Fred Warner. How much does he weigh? 236. So we talk about being undersized, but this is just the NFL now.
0: And that's what I don't understand about these conversations because that list that you just rattled off, I mean, this is not new stuff. Nick Bolton, 230. I mean, like, this has been going on for years. So I'm not sure why we all haven't said to ourselves, okay, a guy's 230, big whoop. You know? Foy Aluokan, NFL leader in tackles, 230.
1: Like, the guy doesn't miss a snap. (laughs) Neither does Zaire, neither does Fred Warner. Like, these guys are not undersized anymore. This is just what linebackers are in the NFL. So let's get over it. Let's stop talking about these guys being undersized. 230 is the new 240. All right? We need to be able to cover. We need to be able to move. Tight ends are are athletic as fuck nowadays. All right? We got to be able to cover them. So linebackers got to get smaller. 230 is fine we're done. I'm done talking about it. It's not undersized. If you're 220 we could start talking about it. But as long as we're in the 230 range, totally fine by me. and Jeremiah Trotter, like you said, is the epitome of a player that is just good at football. Yep. <laughs> and that's what I need out of my linebacker. like I need you to make tackles and I need you to cover. I think he's the best cover linebacker in this class. I think he's so fluid as a player that mid zone he's holding down man like he's reading that quarterback's eyes he had a pick against spencer rattler this year where he's just like sign seal deliver like hand me the ball you might as well like he runs that slant and the db comes down into the flat zone so rattler's like that's my hot read and trotter's like it's already done i'm going i'll, I'll meet you in the end zone spencer so this is a guy with instincts. This is a guy with cover skills. I mean, he is a, a sound tackler. Like, it's not quite where Peyton Wilson is, but it's also not Edgerin Cooper where you're going for, like, the big play. Like, he is a good tackler, and I love how he takes angles, how he gets underneath blockers. Like, this, I feel like, is – one of the next great linebackers in the NFL. This is, this is the one player where I was like, I love this guy. If you want to take him at the bottom of the first round, I don't blame you at all. So, I mean, I just – I was super impressed with how Trotter plays at 12 tackles for loss. That is – I mean, this is the kind of player you want to slot in that you can use high draft capital on in the in your dynasty drafts in the NFL drafts I mean if your guy if your team gets this this guy in the NFL draft I'll be jealous so I mean just just love this guy as a player
0: yeah he it really I mean the IQ shows up yeah. so much I mean so much and it's it's kind of hard to say that a lot like it's hard you, you know, when you're just watching the game unfold and it's like how can you tell like what a guy's thinking? But with a guy like Trotter, I feel like you just see it because he's so calculated and he's so intentional about everything that he's doing. And one thing that shows up for me is there is a strength weakness here. I mean, he is not the strongest guy. And when blockers engage him, he does struggle to shed blocks and he can get moved out of plays when that happens. But one thing that I noticed that he does and I don't see this a lot from linebackers is when he is blitzing or coming downhill and he sees that there's a blocker in front of him he'll almost do like a little like crossover move like it's like a crafty way of avoiding the block like I I see this when running backs stay in and he's blitzing the A-gap, and he comes in, and the running back's waiting for him. He won't take that running back on. Like some guys want to put themselves into the running back, push him backwards, get into the quarterback. Trotter does a little bit of like a one-two shimmy, and then he's he's so agile in that short area that he just gets around those guys. And the running back is like putting his head down, getting the hands out, getting ready. Trotter's already passed him because he's not taking on that block. So he finds ways to mitigate his weaknesses and he's able to do it because he is a good athlete. I think that's a misconception about him is that he's not rangy. He's not, you know, this explosive athlete. Like he's not Peyton Wilson. Like you said, he's not going to get downhill at that speed or get side to side at that speed. But he is a agile player and he can make plays uh, with his athleticism. So. I love that he finds ways to get around his own weaknesses in his game. And so there's very little that I sit and say, you know, this is going to hold you back, especially considering the the list of names that you rattled off at the top where it's like these guys do not need to be, you know, block shedders, at, you know, all the time. There is a, a very diverse skill set that it takes to play this position at the NFL level, and that's why it's so hard to find guys. That's why it's so hard to to scout these players and to find translatable traits because it's not always what you think it's going to be. And I think Trotter is a player that embodies that.
1: So Jeremiah Trotter Senior, yes, is his his father, who played for notably the Eagles. He also played for Washington and Tampa Bay, but. Uh, he was 6'1", one262 talk about a an era he was yeah. drafted uh in 1998 so you know uh that is that's pretty that's crazy that
0: that's, different time man I know long Wild. time ago yeah a ages very very long time ages ago <laughs>
1: yeah no um man Trotter uh, I also Wrote down what you mentioned about like not taking on blockers because, like, you know, you can be 230, but you got to know you're 230, also. And the best way to do that is not to engage directly with like a 290 pound guard that's like coming to the second level. And it's almost like a running back setting up a defense. Yes,
0: I had the exact same thought where he's like,
1: Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm gonna take this left angle, so then the running back goes right, and then you kind of shoot that. And that's that. I I totally see that all the time with him, where he's like setting up the the player as if he's making the play, rather than him him reacting and then like catching. And that's what I think makes like takes him from like a guy that is gonna be uh. Tackle machine to a guy that's going to be a playmaker.
0: You know. Yep, one hundred percent. So, all right, that is linebackers, and don't worry, we will do honorable mentions at the very end. Collectively, guys, that because I, I, I have, there's a linebacker that I do want to talk about yet, but we'll talk about that at the end. DBs, we we're not going to do a top three because we know. or if if you've played full IDP long enough, you understand the DB is an interesting group of players. And it really takes being an elite DB to make a mark as a fantasy asset. I don't see an elite DB in this class. I'm assuming you do not either.
1: No, I I have two names that I have written down, but it's the guy that you like kind of put the star on on sleeper and just kind yeah. of keep tabs on how many snaps they're playing.
0: Yep. And it, it's like it reminds me of last year where we right. had players like interesting names, DB spots like Jordan Battle, Sidney Brown, Brian Branch. I mean, two of them ended up playing slot corner <laughs> for most yep. of their rookie seasons. And Jordan Battle came on towards the end. He looks like maybe a real deal sort of a player. But it's not Derwin James. It's not Kyle Hamilton. It's not, you know, like these – we don't have that player in this class. So could there be a star from this group? Maybe. But it's not a player that you're going to go out and say, I I need to take this guy in the early third or, you know, whatever. That being said – My favorite safety from this group is the same safety that I called out in the summer, which is Tyler Newbin, who had an even better year this year. And I think really made his mark in this safety group where he is more of a deep safety. At least that's what he played a, a decent amount for Minnesota this year. But he is a guy that gets into the box, which is unlike some of the other Better free safeties in this class, Newbin is a guy that can play both roles, and so I think it will depend on what an n f l team is drafting him to be. I think his skill set suggests that you want him to be that sort of free safety player, but there is ups there is fantasy upside with Newbin that I think makes him the d b one of this group,
1: yeah, I think. That it's pretty clear that Newbin is the best of the bunch. And that's why I say, like, just kind of keep an eye on what the, like, where they're actually playing once it comes to their NFL role. Because, I mean, if Newbin ends up being a free safety, that's probably best for him. But, you know, he has the skill set to play in the box. So if he's playing significant snaps in the box, that's when, you know, you can maybe take a chance and, like, yeah, I'll throw him on. Maybe throw him on your taxi squad if you have one, like that kind of thing where he's a good player and he'll he'll play for an NFL team. It just depends what role he ends up playing and, you know, if he's getting those tackles because uh, as much as you, you know, you like a playmaker and you, you want a guy that's, you know, getting picks and stuff like that, it's not sticky. Like, that's not something you can rely on game in and game out. people have made the the gamble of trading for like you know Trayvon Diggs a couple years ago and like he has the one season where it's like oh my god he has like 10 interceptions and then the next year he's not worth anything and same with like probably Duron Bland he has the season that he has this year with all like six pick sixes it's not sticky it's not going to happen so you can't rely on these coverage guys, and it seems like Newbin's best suited to do that. I mean, he can get his nose in there, he can get dirty, he can get tackles, but it just doesn't... And he doesn't... has size also right. to do right.
0: that. 6'2", 210, two, yep. so this is a one of the bigger safeties in the group, which only adds to that case, but I, I completely agree with you.
1: Yep, and then uh, I have Cameron Kitchens from Miami, who is another coverage guy, another guy that plays most of the snaps in the free safety position. Uh, he gets in the box, not a ton, uh, gets in the slot, not a ton, but you know, when you talk about being closer to the line of scrimmage, it's about, uh, half they, he spends half the time in the box. than he does to a free safety role. He has like 200 box snaps versus almost 400 free safety snaps. So, uh, that's another player that is a pretty good, pretty instinctual player that got a fair amount of tackles, but is likely going to end up in a free safety role.
0: Yep, those are two names. Absolutely, keep your eye on them. Figure out what their role is, and I mean this is this is where this all comes into play because it's January, right? Like yes. this will adapt very much over time post NFL draft, specifically with this position group DBs. The one box guy that I want to call out is Jaden Hicks from Washington State. I think he's the best pure box safety in this class. I didn't necessarily love Hicks's film, but he is a guy that's getting a fair amount of buzz right now, it seems like. And he is a senior bowl guy just recently accepted his invite to the senior bowl so we'll get an opportunity to see Hicks in mobile in a couple weeks but he is the guy that you look at snap counts 456 snaps in the box compared to 200 as the free safety so they he's a bigger player 63210 loves to try to throw that weight around. And that is one of his flaws is that he (laughs) loves to try to get that hit stick moment, put himself on sports center, clean that up a little bit. But yeah, he's a player that I think can can develop and maybe be a a more consistent tackling option at this, in this position group.
1: Uh, Last guy I want to mention is James Williams, who is also (laughs) from Miami I'm sorry the big guy <laughs> I can't I can't like you watch him, you watch Miami, and it's like, okay, yeah, I see it. you know, there's a vision here. um is he a uh, like polished player? Absolutely not. Does he miss a lot of tackles? He does, uh but he plays in the box, he's six, five, two fifteen, and he hits like a truck when he hits you, so uh he also is really hard to throw over when he's in the middle of the field. I mean, you see a lot of tip passes. Uh, I mean, he got 65 tackles this year. Like, He's an interesting, like, very low floor, but has a decent ceiling. So if you want to watch list another guy, I'd say James Williams. I don't think he's officially declared. I don't think he's declared yet. He's a junior, so may not even come out. But it's just a guy that I am um, – very interested in
0: and today is the deadline for declarations so this week we will know for certain who's in and who is out so all right that is d-line linebackers and D. officially declared for the nfl draft okay yeah i'm just bad at googling things it's okay it's okay that is three position groups in one. A little bit of a bonus at the end of Rankings 2.0. Uh, that is a lot of names, and we are very early in this process. Like I said, Senior Bowl coming up, few guys that we talked about today. We will get to see there in two weeks. Are there any other players across any of these three position groups, Colin, that you would like to shout out before we get out of here?
1: Oh, boy, are there. I mean... <laughs> So, uh, Chop Robinson, we've mentioned in passing, is an edge rusher out of Penn State. He, I mean, he is oozing athleticism, but he's a pretty raw player. I think we can both agree there. Uh, Braylon Trice is another edge player that I think we both like through the season, um, and then Cedric Gray is a linebacker that is a Camp Dynasty legend i might say <laughs> I love that him we and, have him and Ben Eurosic yeah.
0: yeah ben eurosic transferring to a you know college football title contender next year for like his 7th Year three at camp <laughs> dynasty we made it but yeah, yeah for um, year year 7
1: for eurosic right, or something
0: yeah. like that yeah um but Obviously, Chop Robinson is one of the big omissions that is probably a first rounder in the NFL, but I agree. I think I I'm nervous about him, especially playing the game that we play. Very high variance potential player, not something that I love investing in. So I'm kind of on the opposite end of Robinson right now. Braylon Trice is a player that I do like a lot, and it has to do a lot with his motor because I love high-motor defensive line players. The ceiling is very questionable with a player, especially with his build. He's, you know, plus 270 sort of a player. I think he's a good NFL player. I just don't know if he's a good or great fantasy asset at the D-line spot, but he's a name that I'm definitely keeping tabs on. At the linebacker position, a guy that I want to shout out is Junior Coulson from Michigan. He is officially in the draft now, and he is a little bit more of that 245 style linebacker. Like he's not quite as rangy as some of these, you know, 230 guys, but he really kind of is that, you know, I'm going to fill a gap. And when I get my hands on you, you're moving backwards. You're not moving forward anymore. And I like that. Wasn't as consistent as I had hoped. Like I saw a few flashes on his film where I was like, oh my God, this might be like the guy. It, it comes and goes. And he does get pushed around and out. You know, outmatched more often than you'd like to see for a player that is a bigger linebacker. 245, you'd like to see him play with a little more of that upper body strength. The lower body strength definitely shows up in those tackles, but um, the block shedding is still a question mark for him. So it's a name to keep an eye on, see where he goes in the NFL draft, and we'll see what that means for him. But that was my uh, my honorable mention for the linebackers.
1: Also, IDL people stand up. Chris Jenkins is a very hey. good player. Uh, but I don't, defense, man. I don't know if just, he's going to be fantasy relevant because he's yeah. more of a like. Phenomenal run defender. Then yeah. he is like a pass rusher, i.e., like Derek Brownish.
0: But still love him. Good to pick up. Like sometimes you need a step, spot start. Right. Pick up Derek right. Brown a few times. Get like yeah. eight tackles out of my right. D line spot. Hell yeah! All right, that is the 2024 Dynasty Rookie IDP class as it sits today in the middle of January. And like I said, we will uh, continue to monitor these players. It becomes very important with these defensive players through this draft process, which is officially beginning very, very soon. Colin, we are done with rankings 2.0. The senior bowl is in two weeks from right now. That is unbelievable to me, but it's happening. So what are we doing next week? We are going to take this body of work from the last five weeks coming from the end of the college football season to right now. Many, many hours of film have been grinded. Many more are yet to be grinded. I still ground. somehow have like 20 wide receivers I want to watch yet. When, so was the a film ground. It grind, grinded, ground, ground film. Yeah, we ground the film. We ground, That's, we ground it. <laughs> i am an english major
1: <laughs> So you say
0: that's what i tell people yeah i'm a communications um, major so you
1: know we're working yeah. it
0: out right we're figuring it out as yeah. we go but um yeah what does that all mean next week it's a big board update we did a mock draft like a month and a half ago a lot has changed since that draft that's all i'm saying so Plus, we're gonna a come a lot back.
1: of tape between now and then
0: amen and we're going to come back and put it all together into one top 12 at this point in time. So look out for that. And if you'd like to share your thoughts on our IDP rankings or share your own rankings for this class, be sure to find us on X at camp underscore dynasty and TikTok at camp.dynasty. And also check out our YouTube channel where video feeds of the pods go up every single week and of course if you enjoyed this week's episode be sure to like rate follow review subscribe share and all of those things to the pod feed we very much appreciate that
1: hell yeah go go subscribe man we've been getting a lot more subscribers on the youtube specifically and that's just love to see it thank you
0: yeah we do it for the love of the game but we we this is a community (laughs) after all it's camp dynasty all the counselors we can get there's a lot of players here so we need all the help we can get come on board we're happy to have you even
1: if romo dunze is your number 10 wide receiver
0: yeah well then we might need to talk but (laughs) all right thanks for stopping by camp dynasty and we'll see you next week